Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. There is nothing worse than increasing your financial bag only to lose it because of poor money habits. It's important for you to learn how to manage your finances and avoid costly mistakes. Get ready to level up your financial literacy skills at the Don't Fumble the Bag Financial Literacy event being held on Saturday, July 8, 2023. This in-person event will take place in Sanford, North Carolina, surrounding cities like Raleigh, Fayetteville, and Greensboro are welcome. Join us for a fun and interactive day filled with expert speakers, informative workshops, and practical tips on how to manage your money wisely. You will learn about establishing a healthy money mindset, budgeting, saving, investing, and more. Breakfast and lunch will be provided. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable knowledge and skills that will help you achieve your financial goals. Register now and secure your spot at this must-attend event. Search Don't Fumble the Bag on eventbrite.com or click the link in the show notes to register. Hope to see you there. So welcome, welcome, welcome to today's podcast episode. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler, and I welcome you all today. So today's episode is about to be, you know, a little different than usual um, because I'm sharing some insight from a Bible study session that I had as far as finances and overspending my money. So if y'all have been following along this month, um, well, this month and last month has been all about money and finances. 
and just getting our bag in order, right? From different areas, um, whether it's managing debt, catch out, um, catch that episode. That was the last episode I did last week. Um, we've talked about how to budget our money. We've talked about how to earn more money and all of that. But today I want to talk about overspending because I've been keeping track of my expenses um, this year. And this is my first year doing that. And for whatever reason, <laughs> and I know the reason, but for whatever reason, I keep overspending on certain items, which is food drinks and like shopping and clothing. So I know like some people have an issue with buying clothes and stuff, but for whatever reason, I have an issue with buying stuff for my house. (laughs) So whether that's like home decorations or some type of little cleaning hack item or some organizational item like a bin or basket, like for whatever reason, (laughs) I keep picking these things up, right? Or that's the common um hold on am i recording because i don't see this thing moving one second y'all i don't see my stuff moving i believe it is okay anyway so i'm just like why does this keep happening right why does this pattern keep happening well duh tar because you keep swiping your card on these things so I'm big into, you know, my relationship with God. I've just got back into um, more intentional Bible study. I will say that I fell off a little bit, but your girl is back. And that's what I love about God and having relationship versus religion to where you don't feel like, oh, since I didn't study, now he mad at me and I can't. Like, no, got me and God, we're good. Um, not making excuses, you know, for not being intentional about my Bible study time, but I'm grateful that I'm back into it. And y'all, I just have to come share my revelation that I got in God's word in regards to me overspending my money. Like huge, huge revelation, huge eye-opening moment. So I just wanted to come and talk with y'all and share my revelations from what I got. All right, so the base of what I'm talking about is from Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 34, all right? And my style of Bible study, I have two different styles. Um, As far as this style, I pick a chapter and just kind of go verse by verse with my notebook, with my pen, and just kind of write, you know, the revelation that I got from that verse. Because I know a lot of times we can listen to pastors, we can, you know, read Bible plans and get all this insight from other people, from their revelation. But a lot of times God wants us one-on-one to, you know, get in his word and read his word and see what revelation he's bringing to you um, from your personal situations. Like God really cares about the details of your life. And I actually have a example to share of how on time (laughs) this scripture was um, for my life. So again, it's Matthew chapter six, um, verse 19 through 34. And at the top of my Bible, it has like the subject for what the chapter is going to be about. And the subject is teaching about money and possessions. All right. So verse 19, don't store up treasures here on earth where they can be eaten by moths, get rusty, and where thieves break in and steal. So Point number one that I got from this, 
don't focus on things that I can't take with me whenever I go to heaven. So that's this big old house that I want to purchase. That's nice cars, all these clothes, all this organizational stuff that I keep picking up and buying (laughs) in the store. If it's anything that we can't take with us to heaven, don't put a lot of focus and pressure on achieving those things, right? Or don't beat yourself up about not having those things because at the end of this life, which it's, it's reality, y'all. It's scary, but when you have a relationship with God, it's not scary, but it's just the reality of life here on earth. At some point, life is going to end for all of us, and we can't take anything. There is nothing that we can put in our grave with us. There is nothing we can put in our casket with us. There is nothing we can take up to heaven with us. Nothing. And as abstract as that is, it kind of brings a more relief to all the items and things that we want to consume, you know, here on earth. So don't focus on things that you can't take with you. Anything that will rot away or be stolen by somebody else or that has to be given to somebody else, don't put that, don't put a lot of weight on it um, in your life. So not saying don't care about those things, don't have goals to strive for them. But don't put a lot of weight on objects and things that you cannot take with you when your life is over. Or also, too, I know I'm big into generational wealth and passing things down. So I say, you know, don't focus on things that you can't pass to your children that will benefit their lives. Right. So we have to really be intentional about where our focus is. So. If you're spending your money and, you know, wasting your money or overspending on things that A, can't benefit your family or B, you can't take with you to heaven, (laughs) this is, you may need to reconsider it, right? And y'all, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. Um, If you're on my email list, if not, please sign up. The link is in my bio. I shared my mom moment yesterday about how I felt some type of way (laughs) after reading this scripture, but in us feeling some type of way, that's another way of God convicting us. Um, And conviction is just bringing awareness to something that isn't pleasing God that you may need to, you know, change or do something different. All right. The next verse, um, verse 20, store your treasures in heaven um, where there will never be moth eaten or rusty and where they will be safe from thieves. So at the beginning, it talked about, you know, what not to focus on. And then the second one, it says, you know, to store up your treasures in in heaven where, you know, they will be safe, where you can actually benefit from them in heaven. So I'm big into words and definitions and stuff. So when it talks about treasures, I looked up what treasures are, and that is a quantity of valuable objects or some sort of a valued item. So wherever your treasure is, is where your heart is as well. So some worldly treasures that we may put a lot of attention on is cars, houses, jewelry, clothes, um, status, achieving a certain status at a job, shoes, shopping, all of that stuff is godly treasure. I mean, excuse me. All of that stuff is worldly treasures. All of that stuff is worldly treasures. All of that stuff is valuable to the world. All of that stuff is what the world says we need 
in order to be considered valuable or of a certain status or as a symbol that we're doing good or that we're good people, right? But godly treasures are family, love, giving, respect, serving, grace, and mercy, right? So according to society, those things are, they sound less sexy, right? You can't stun on somebody saying, um, you know, I love everybody. I just give so much love to everybody. Or stun on people saying, my family really loves me, which actually I will say that that's something you can stun on somebody for. (laughs) That's a real flex to be able to say that my family loves me and I love my family and we spend time together and we value each other and we respect each other. You know, all of those things are going to matter at the end of your life. If you're able to pass those things on to your family and create those experiences, that is so valuable. And that's what we learn treasures are anything that is valuable, anything that is valued. So we should start valuing our family and love and godly treasures over what the world says um, is valuable, which I will say is hard to do, especially with social media, with TV, with commercials. I feel like we are constantly being sold something all day long. It don't matter if you're on your laptop, if you're on your phone, if you're watching TV, there's some type of ad or somebody trying to sell you something all the time, right? And with us being able to access things with just a press of our thumb, it really makes overspending that much easier. And it really challenges us (laughs) to have self-control over our finances. So Really keeping some of these things in mind um, before you make a purchase will either stop you from making that purchase or just make you think before you buy it. Like, okay, sis, (laughs) do I really need this? This is where that self-talk comes in. Do I really need this? Is this item bringing value, value to my life or to my family's life? These are the conversations we have to start having with ourselves before we make a purchase. I know for me, as far as shopping for clothes, thank God I've been freed from that. Like I said, my stuff is more so home items. But when I was overspending on clothes and shoes, I was buying like club outfits, y'all, like little tops and skirts and stuff with no intention of going to the club, with no plan of going to the club. But just in case I did, I had to have these things on hand. Now, granted, this is like my early 20s, right? Um, But I had to have a conversation to myself one day like, girl, where are you going? Where are you going? (laughs) Why are you buying this particular item? What, What plans do you have to wear this? And as I looked in my closet at so many things that I was not wearing and was not using, I realized how much money I was wasting for no reason. Or I would buy something, um, this was before I lost weight, I would buy something with the intention that I'm going to lose weight and get in it later on. Sis, sis, (laughs) if you can't fit it today, then don't worry about it. That means you don't need it today. So again, these are conversations that we have to start having with ourselves and and just being real. Do do I need this? (laughs) Is it going to bring value to me? All right, so verse 21, wherever your treasure is, is where your heart and thoughts will also be. So in building my relationship with God, I realized that 
at the end of it all, he just wants our heart. He wants our heart to be in the right place. Um, have y'all ever, like as a kid, asked somebody for like some chips or something? And they were like, yeah, you can have some or no, you can't have none. And you were like, nah, I'm just playing. I just wanted to see where your heart was at. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> so pretty much, I feel like that's God's relationship with us. He wants to see where our heart is in all areas of our lives. And specifically here with money, whatever your heart desires the most. So if your heart is desiring worldly treasures over godly treasures, that's where your focus is going to be. That's where your thoughts are going to be. That's where your energy is going to go towards those worldly things opposed to godly treasures. So just be very, very mindful of that. Um, Where am I? All right. Verse 23. Excuse me. Verse 22. Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul. But an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. If the light you think you have is really darkness, how deep that darkness will be. So this verse is really big because it goes into kind of what I touched on earlier about the information that we're taking in constantly. Things that we're watching on TV, things that we're listening to. Your eyes are a window to your soul, your eyes and ears. Whatever you're taking in constantly is feeding your soul. It's feeding your heart. It's positioning your heart. So again, where is your heart? Um, so with your eyes being the lamp for your body, you want to be sure that you're taking in pure information. So I will say um, for my lifestyle change, for my mindset change, that was one of the number one things that helped me um, as far as just viewing life different <laughs> and changing my perspective was really paying attention to shows that I was watching. So, you know, we're millennials. Um, most of my audience is. Do y'all remember shows like um, Cribs or um, My Sweet 16, right? Where it was all this glam and and stuff and huge houses and gifts and jewelry and luxury, right? All this money being spent. And I will say for a long time, that was my view of a leveled up lifestyle or making it in the world, right? So I'm taking in all this stuff. Even think about like our songs that we listen to. They're talking about how much money they have, how much money they're splurging on stuff. Most like, you know, rap songs or whatever, whatever genre you listen to. <laughs> but, um, you know, most of those songs are talking about overspending money, spending a lot of money, buying a lot of things, effing up a bag and getting it back. Like we have to be realistic. Like, okay, these are celebrities with a million dollar contracts or whatever. This is not my life. <laughs> my bank account is not set up the way that they're sitting here talking about these things. The way they talk about buying designer outfits and clothes and splurging. Now, if you are someone who can afford those things, then, you know, kudos to you. But, you know, the overall message of, of this topic is about overspending. So just because you have the money to spend or to buy something doesn't necessarily mean you should. I repeat that. Just because you have the money to buy something doesn't necessarily mean you should. So we have to really, again, check our hearts about what we're seeing, what we're listening to. And 
see how that mirrors our life. A lot of us unconsciously follow what these people are saying on TV or in songs without realizing it, right? So you really have to have that self-reflection time, tracking your expenses, looking at your bank statements and looking at that pattern. Are you overspending on designer clothes? Are you overspending on luxury um, cars and whatnot? Or are you buying certain things to prove a point to somebody? Are you buying certain things to appear to have a certain status um, to others or to appear that you're doing well financially? And I will say for the black community, I will say for the black community, I feel like we are really big on showing how much money we have through our stuff or feeling like because we have a certain amount of money, we have to show it with our stuff, right? I can remember being in school um, with my white peers. Y'all remember like Sperry's and um, there that was, that was a brand of shoe. Sperry's and oh gosh, it was another brand I can't think of. It was like two brands of shoes that were really popular at that time. And most of my white peers had those same two shoes the whole school year, y'all. <laughs> the whole school year. Or they would wear like the same little outfits, the same little basketball shorts and, and shirt all year. But their parents had money in the bank. So we're looking at their outfits thinking, oh, they ain't got no money. Oh, they, can't, they ain't proving that they got money. But yes, they do. <laughs> They're making smart choices with it. Opposed to us, you know, we had about three, four pairs of shoes, designer outfits, new book bags, lunchbox to match, like all of the the glitz and glam to show, hey, I'm ready for school. This is a new year of school. And I will say my mindset as a parent has changed as far as back to school shopping. I pretty much, you know, buy a few out, buy outfits and things that are needed. I buy things that are needed and I don't mind where I shop at. Now, my mom was huge on designer. And um, we all know if you follow me for any time, our spending habits and our money habits mirror what we've saw. So my mom was into designer. <laughs> and the crazy thing is my first elementary school, we wore uniforms. But I remember having a closet full of stuff from Macy's Limited 2. Do y'all remember that story back in the day? Like, I remember having a closet full of that stuff that I would wear, you know, on the weekends or when we went somewhere. But designer was it. My mom had luxury BMWs, but she was not able to keep this stuff up once her and my dad divorced um, because, you know, her finances changed. It was just her. It was just me and her. But sis could not let go of that lifestyle. And I look back now at it and just, you know, my heart breaks for her, for where she was. Of course, you know, she didn't have the financial literacy and resources that we have today, but I'm able to pinpoint that and try to get in front of my money decisions, you know, for myself, for my family when it comes to buying those things. All right. Melanated to Perfection says not being careful with what you're watching can cause a lot of cognitive dissonance. Holding conflicting beliefs about who you are, want to be, and want to attain. Yes, yes, girl. This media stuff is so deep, y'all. It's so it runs so deep on how you view yourselves, how you live your life, how you think, how you act, how you talk. It has so much influence. 
So really be intentional about what you're letting into your eyes and ears because that matters. All right. Um, my next point is, y'all, this is deep right here. This is so deep. This is what really convicted me. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, a lot of us may think, you know, I don't serve money. I don't, I, you know, I have God in his right place, but we have to be, we have to be intentional and self-reflect on our decisions that we're making with our money. So again, I'm into definitions. So if you're going to hate one and love the other, that means that you hate God and love money if you serve money, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. So what does devoted mean? Devoted means that you are very loving or loyal. And again, this can go either way for money or for God. You're very loving or loyal if you're devoted to it. If you despise money or if you despise God, then you feel contempt or deep repugnance for it. It's a feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn. Intense disgust. So when I read that, you know, in the saying, you can't serve God or money, you will um, be devoted to one or despise the other. When you put that definition of despise in place <laughs> for how you view God versus money, pretty much if you are serving money over God, you're telling God that he is beneath consideration, that he is worthless um, when it comes to your finances or trusting him for your finances, and that you feel like money can take the place of your stability more than he can which it has been said time and time again, money can't save you. Money cannot save you. Millionaires who commit suicide or, you know, dealing with mental health issues with millions in the bank, money can't save your mind. Money cannot save your mind. Now, money can give peace of mind, you know, um, compared to being broke. But when money is the motive and you're on go, 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 and money is taken over God, and you're not even considering God for your needs or your finances, or you feel like, you know, my money will take care of it. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Even think about like physical sickness. Think about people in the hospital. Sometimes certain sicknesses, it don't matter how much money you have. Think about cancer. It don't matter how much money you have. Sometimes you cannot pay your way out of of trouble or struggle. Sometimes all you can lean and depend on is God. And at the end of the day, that's what he wants from us is to depend on him, to lean on him daily. And we'll get into that um, as I further go into today's talk, but really be mindful about that and really try to be intentional about, okay, am I, am I trusting God in this situation or am I depending on my money to get me out of this? Am I trusting God to come through or do I feel like I don't need God because I have enough money in the bank to handle whatever I need, right? And some of us are probably like, girl, I ain't got no money in the bank. I can't help but to depend on God. <laughs> I feel you. I'm there with you too. But this is for when you start 
to increase your finances and you start to see those four figures, um, six figures. Y'all, I was not recording at all. Ah. Anyway, when you start to see those bigger um, numbers in your bank account, don't get comfortable with those big numbers feeling like, oh, I'm good. I made it. I don't need God anymore. No, sis, you still need God with large amounts of money or with no money. You still need him and he is still in charge overall because God is creator of all. God is provider of all, the source of all, right? So we have to keep that in mind. Um, All right, 23. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Um, Whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Y'all, this was another conviction. Because like I said at the beginning, as I track my expenses, every month is the same thing. I'm overspending on food, drinks, um, not necessarily clothing, but my house items and things. And God is pretty much saying here, isn't life more valuable than what you're going to wear today? Isn't life more valuable than what you're going to eat today? Now, if you're a foodie like me, you might kind of question God like, I don't know God, you know, <laughs> when it comes to what I'm going to eat for today, that kind of matters. But I think he's more so thinking of, you know, as being provider, seeing him as provider for those basic needs and trusting him for those basic needs and not depending on ourselves to fulfill those. So, um where I'm at. Money doesn't always solve problems. I said that God always can solve and God owns the money. All right. Let me get back on track with my notes. All right. Don't worry about everyday life. So life is more important than food and clothing and drinks. So the value of life is your relationships, being present and creating memories with your loved ones. All right. Then it goes a little further and says, look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life or can all these worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. So I love this um, illustration here about how God takes care of birds That's a very basic animal that we see every day just flying around minding his business. But if you ever sit back in and study birds um, or just kind of notice them out and about in the trees or flying, they literally have no care in the world. (laughs) They literally have no care in the world. And this scripture here is saying that they aren't storing up things or trying to hold on to items and, and hoarding things in fear that they won't have enough or in fear that they won't have something for that next day. They trust that, you know, God is going to give them food daily because he does. Birds are able to find food daily because he provides those opportunities for them. And I love how it says, aren't you more valuable than them? So we have to really, this convicted me, we have to stop playing God like he can't take care of our basic needs. If he can take care of a bird, Y'all know that song, His Eyes on the Sparrow, so I know he watches me. That's pretty much the base of this scripture here. If God cares about birds eating daily, how much more valuable are we than birds? He sees our daily needs. He knows our daily needs. And I think sometimes when it comes to overspending, 
we start to overthink about what we need and just start buying unnecessary stuff. (laughs) So this really, really convicted me on paying attention to my needs versus my wants. I have a really big sweet tooth. Um, As y'all know, I bake cookies, but I, I just love any type of sweet. I feel like I'm that person that after I eat lunch or dinner, I'm like, mm, I think I need something sweet. <laughs> so I've noticed lately a pattern that I'll go out and buy ice cream or a cookie or something real quick with my kids. It's just like a, you know, a quick little fun dessert or a quick little outing with my family. But I started to notice y'all on my bank statement that we did that a lot. (laughs) We did a lot of just, I'm going to get a quick uh, sweet treat. And it starts to add up over time. Or I would find myself needing a smoothie or something real quick. Or wanting a a cappuccino or a latte. Just, I just need something sweet. I just need something sweet. I don't just need something sweet. (laughs) Because over time, those expenses are adding up. Or I know if anyone follows me, y'all know I don't like cooking. I don't like the process of cooking. So I feel like, oh, I just need to go out and buy something to eat real quick. I don't necessarily need to. Maybe I can pivot and start to prepare dinner earlier. I know this week we've had a menu that has helped tremendously just simply writing what we're going to eat for tonight. That way, when I go to the grocery store, I know what to look for. I know what to get. Because, child, with me not being prepared, I'm constantly overspending, going out to eat, feeling like, well, we need to eat, which we do. My family does need to eat. We're a family of five. But does it need to be fast food every single night? Does it need to be fast food five out of seven nights of the week? Not necessarily. So this scripture really helped me to take a look at my needs versus my wants, right? And I think once we master that, we can pull back on the overspending and just buy stuff just to be buying stuff or just going to do something just to be doing something. I realized too that I struggle with not having anything to do. I really don't like just sitting in the house doing nothing. If I'm in the house, I'm moving, doing something. And as y'all know, we've seen plenty of memes that outside starts at $100, y'all. The second you step out your house, it's a $100 entry fee (laughs) to go outside. So I'm just trying to be more intentional about how I'm spending my time and finding more cost-friendly or free activities and really paying attention to, do I really need this? Is this a need or a want? Is this something I can wait later on to get? Do I necessarily need it right now? If I don't have it right now, what's going to happen? Am I going to die? Am I going to be hurt? (laughs) And the answer is no. The answer is no most of the time. All right. So um, I like to where it says here, can you, all right, where am I at? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. So this goes into you know, worrying about the next day and how are things going to get done and we don't have enough. Worrying is not going to add extra time to your life, right? Worrying doesn't. You can have a plan, you can have things in place, but sitting and meditating and worrying on what's going to come next, how are we going to do this? Where is that going to come from? Where are we going to do? That's going to weigh your brain down, weigh your mind and your body down and cause stress. So, 
Um, quick example. All right. So this is my story, y'all. Very transparent moment. Very transparent. So y'all know them PEBT cards, right? Um, they uh, sent them out last year around COVID. If your kid is in school or it was like virtual learning, they gave you a temporary EBT card. So I seen people all this summer talking about their PEBT card been loaded. And another quick disclaimer, I'm an educator, so we don't get paid in the summer. So I've been checking my card all summer, like, where my PEBT? Like, I'm ready for that deposit to hit my card. Sis needs something over here, right? All summer it has not hit. All summer nothing hit. So I got paid um, the end of August, which was not my full check. It was just the remainder of um, my last check. And y'all, sis was struggling. Now, I will say I'm grateful for my husband that is not just me and my finances as far as taking care of my kids. But I'm just speaking to y'all from, you know, a personal, <laughs> a personal place. But um, something told me to check my card last week i was like just check the card sorry i was so sick of checking it and nothing on there and the money had ended up hitting now like i said i'm at a financial point where i'm still playing catch up you know with bills and things from not getting paid over the summer so i thought about this scripture you know as far as worrying about food and those simple everyday life things like god saw my situation and sent it right on time what the old folks say he's an on-time god right so I was able to experience that in its fullness and I just couldn't help but to be grateful and thank God like you care about the details of my life like you are paying attention to what's going on here. <laughs> that was confirmation for me, you know, something small like that. So look for those moments. I'm sure plenty of us have stories about bills needing to be due or having more bills than money and how you're going to make it through and here you are still standing and making it through and getting it done month by month. But I will say the other side of me is ready to push past that point, right? That whole paycheck to paycheck, barely making it, depending on God, you know. So I'm struggling with the balance of, yes, God, I trust you for my daily needs, but also uh, can we just have the money in the in the bank account to handle those daily needs, <laughs> you know? So, and that's my relationship with God. That's my honesty with him. That's how I talk with him. And I feel like he gives wisdom and insight, you know, whether through his word or a conversation with somebody for stuff like that. So again, I'm trying to find that balance <laughs> of trusting God and also just wanting the money to be there. But that's, it, it is what it is. Um. As we move on, let's move down. You are more valuable. All right. And why worry about your clothes? This is for our shoppers here, our shoppers. Why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers, flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? You have so little faith. So to me, my revelation from this as far as clothes, you know, looking at flowers and how they grow, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, plant a seed and see flowers grow. But during the springtime, flowers are just popping up everywhere, right? In the grass, on trees, nobody really intentionally planted them. And they are so 
beautiful in their own state, just growing, right? So think about in that, I my revelation is to think about us, you know, as being God's flower or God's creation. If we feel like flowers are so beautiful in their natural state, just how they are, then that's how God views us as well. God views us as beautiful in our natural state. We don't have to have certain designer clothes or certain outfits or certain shoes or hairstyles or whatever to be considered beautiful to God. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. I admire anybody with some type of fashion sense and style. Your girl is trying to get it together. But I love looking at, you know, cute outfits or uh, somebody feeling themselves in a cute outfit. But don't let it get to the point where your value and your self-worth and how you feel about yourself is attached to a piece of clothing. Because like the scripture said, flowers are here today and gone tomorrow. That's the same as these clothes. You can spend $500 on a shirt that's still thread and cloth and whatever else. You can spend... $500 on a pair of shoes. Over time, at the end of the day, if you keep wearing them shoes, they're going to deteriorate, they're going to break, they're going to mess up or just sit in your closet unused. Like we really have to take, I think the message she's trying to get here is taking that that value off of items, of, of things. Like use the things as they are, but don't push yourself into attachment to those things, like your value to them. I hope it's making sense. (laughs) I hope this is making sense. Like, I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with those things. But if, you know, back to our topic, you find yourself overspending, going into debt, not able to pay your bills to buy clothes, let's reevaluate. Let's (laughs) reevaluate. What are we doing here, right? This is where that self-reflection and honesty comes in at. Um. Also here, the point that I got is that we need to have more faith in God, give God a chance and trust God, bet on him, give him the benefit of the doubt that his grace, that his mercy, that who he says you is, is enough. Give him that benefit of the doubt because at the end of the day, he's creator and he knows all and he knows you best. All right. Um. Here it says, so don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he will give you. And he will give you. Why I feel like that? Sorry, y'all. And he will give you needs from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. All right. So. Let me back up because I confused myself. Don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothes. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him. So again, um, this word pagan, I had to look it up because I have an idea of what it is, but I wasn't really sure. Um A pagan is a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main world religions. So somebody who is believing something other than what God says to be true, right? So if he's saying that pagans care about clothes and shoes and drinks and and all of this stuff, 
I don't want to be in that category, right? I don't want to be considered a pagan believing something other than what God is telling me. So be, you know, intentional about those things where you're putting a lot of care on them. God already knows your needs. He already sees what you need. Um, From my story that I shared earlier, he has proven that. God will give you your day-to-day needs if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So this is something that I've definitely tried to be um, intentional about, especially with this platform for Mom Keys to Mental Peace. I feel like this is my kingdom calling um, to speak to millennial moms, to speak to anyone dealing with, you know, financial issues, fitness issues, family, um, and spiritual, building a relationship with God. So this is my platform, whatever, but your kingdom call can be at your job, right? Doing hair. Do y'all know how deep ministry is for hairstylists? Like you're helping someone boost their confidence and feel good about themselves, I don't know about y'all, but a lot of times you might have a conversation with your stylist, like just some girl talk or venting where you're getting some advice. Um, Whether you're a teacher, you're a blessing to the children at school. If you work behind a desk, you can be a blessing to the people that, you know, come to your desk as a receptionist. If you're a cashier, you can spread light or do God's kingdom agenda there. So really just keeping in the back of your mind or really in the forefront of your mind because it should be your primary concern. How is what I'm doing pleasing to God? How is what I'm doing increasing God's kingdom or adding to his kingdom, right? So if you overspending your money on things that are not adding value, that are not important, is that taken from the kingdom of God or adding to the kingdom of God? And I'm trying to keep that in mind too about, you know, the things that I buy, being very intentional. So keeping him as our primary concern, that means that it is a foundational truth um, that serves as the foundation for a system or belief that we have, all right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own set of worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Y'all, that scripture is so big um, and helps with anxiety and worrying about the future as I shared earlier. Only focus on today. Take life one day at a time. Don't get caught up in consuming a bunch of things in the future. Again, there's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with wanting these things. But don't, sometimes you can get defeated because you're not there. And then you don't notice what you have right here in front of you. I want a house so bad. I want a house so bad. A four to five bedroom house so bad. (laughs) But as I look at my two bedroom apartment, I am grateful, grateful that this space is clean, that my family feels comfortable here, that we have food here, that we have clean water. Y'all seen the stuff going on in um, Alabama, I think, where they have dirty water. Like the fact that I have clean water, the fact that we have food, we have clothes, we have running air, my house is comfortable. Like I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed because I don't want to be in a big house trying to overspend, trying to prove a point or whatever, and I can't take care of the bills. On the outside, it looks like, okay, look at her and her big house. And inside, we struggling, arguing with each other, not talking to each other, not interacting. I would rather be in this tiny apartment with love than in a big house where we can't stand each other, right? 
So that's something to keep in mind as far as, you know, worrying about your, your improving your life for the future or consuming things in the future. Um, focus on God's agenda for the day that you're in, period. God created us to depend on him daily. We can only take things one day at a time. Nobody can go back in the future and change anything. Nobody, excuse me, nobody can go back in the past and change anything. Nobody can go in the future and and change anything or know anything. We can only take life one day at a time. Time is a valuable resource. Time is more valuable than money. I want to repeat that again. Time is more valuable than money. What you do with your time is more valuable than how much money you have in your account or how much money that you're spending. Because again, at the end of our lives, which is coming for everybody, is no amount of money that you're going to want around you on your sick bed. It's no amount of money. You're going to want people. You're going to want your family. You're going to want love, right? Keep these things in mind. We have to stop waiting until people die to feel like, man, you know, we, we really got to appreciate life or we really got to cherish life or life is short. We know this, y'all. We know this. We know that death is coming to all of us. We know that that's not new information. So we have to stop acting brand new or this new refresh, this new revelation every time somebody passed away. Now think about it today. Think about it when you wake up. God, thank you for waking me up this morning. And be intentional about your time in that day. Your friends and family are precious gifts from God. Treat them right. So instead of worrying about how much money you have, look at your relationships. Look at the value of your relationships. You are so rich if you have people in your life that love you. You are so rich if you have people in your life that love you. You're so rich if you have people in your life that you can trust, that you can depend on, that have your back, and that you can have their back. There are so many people out here alone or so many people that have empty relationships, whether it's like social media friends. Yeah, you got 5,000, 20,000 followers, but you don't know those people. You're not connected to those people. They can't do nothing for you in time of trouble. So pay attention to your friends and family. They are precious gifts from God and treat them right. And my last point is that God wants you to prepare for the future while also living in the moment. So again, this is that balance that, you know, we just have to stay in constant self-talk conversation, constant prayer with him that, you know, God, I'm grateful for where I am. I'm planning for my future. I trust, you know, the plans that you have for me in my future. But God, thank you so much for this moment right now. All right. So I pray that today's talk was beneficial to you all. Um, if you are new to this video or stumbled across, please follow me on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. Um, also, please join our community, the Mom Keys to Mental Peace community. Um, I share resources, information weekly. Um, and the whole point of the community is just for accountability and for sisterhood and friendship, you know, to move through life and achieve our goals in areas as far as building our relationships with God, our finances, our fitness and family. All right. I, again, I pray this was helpful to you. Please share this video and I will see you all next week. Bye.